welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to another episode of Honest Money. Uh, this is quite a big episode for me because we've got a brilliant guest on, on today, uh, Magnus Broderick. Uh, if, if you don't know him, um, I'm going to ask him to, to, to tell us a bit more about himself now. But, but to me, one of the big voices in, in, in South Africa uh, around, around small business and the needs of small business and the way to keep the economy going. And in fact, to, to, to get jobs growing in this, in this country, not killing them. So, so Magnus, thanks so much for, for being on the show. Thank you so much, Warren. So, so just for for the maybe one guest in South Africa who doesn't know, or one listener, I should say, in South Africa who doesn't know who you are, would, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know that don't know who I am. But yeah, I'm an accountant by degree. I studied accounting, did my articles, um, and then I got involved with small businesses and helping them through um, through providing accounting services to them. Started a couple of other businesses. So I do see myself as an entrepreneur, but also created businesses that help other small businesses. And, uh, and, and why small business? What's the attraction for you? I think my own journey and my own, uh, my own life was um, I found so much power in entrepreneurship and really what it can enable uh, in your personal life, but also for the people around you. So when I was 18 years old, I started doing articles and for four years, I worked with so many small business owners and I just saw the true potential of that. So yeah, so that has just been my life ever since, helping small businesses. And, and I guess in a country like ours, I mean, that, you know, that's really the secret to creating uh, you know, to, or solving the unemployment problem is create thousands and thousands of sustainable small businesses. Yeah, for sure. I think even if we can just move the mindset from being employed to, to creating something, you don't even need to create a business that employs other people. But if you can just create something that gives you your own income, I think if we can get that mindset right, we will have a, a completely different economy and a completely different South Africa. I can't agree more. I think um, you know, if, I, if I look at the, 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 the sort of the last 10 or 15 years, it feels like almost a lost generation. No, you know, if we can get if we can get people to understand the power of of you know small businesses and the power of entrepreneurship, we, we, we change the lives of millions of people in a relatively short space of time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, I don't think it's just in South Africa. I think it's a global uh, global mindset that we need to get right. But especially in South Africa, and especially in a time like COVID now, where I hope that it will speed up how we see entrepreneurship. So, so what was money like uh, gr- growing up? Uh, what money? <laughs> no, they, um, I grew up, my mum and dad divorced at a young age. So, I, so uh, my mum raised me as a single parent and there was really just no money in the house ever. So I had to, I had to start work um, and start to learn things so that I can generate my own income. And, and I'm also grateful for that because it forced me at a very young age to get to know how money works and how you generate your own your own income. And, and do you think that gives you a grounding for how you look at, uh, I mean, not, not so much just businesses, but, but, uh, but, but your personal finances now? Do you think that's what kind of lays the foundation? I think it does in, in a certain way, but I also think it changes as you grow older and as you get different amounts of money, right? Because when, you, when you're young and you're trying to save, but 
when you're getting older and you're accumulating a little bit more, you obviously need to see how that can grow for you and you can't have the same mindset as you had when you were in your early 20s. So I do think it was a great foundation, but I also think your mind needs to keep up with money as you, as you grow. And, 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 and I know you're, you, you've been on TV as well. How did that happen? Yeah, so I was just um, starting to share advice um, on, on the net when I helped a small business and I, I found something valuable in that or I learned something from a small business owner. I started writing about that. And then um, CakeNet asked me to come and do a little show on, on one of their programs. Um, and, then, and then Shark Tank happened on Mnet and they were looking for an Afrikaans guy. So they called CakeNet and CakeNet said, well, this is the guy we've got. <laughs> and that's how I ended up on, on Shark Tank. Amazing. And, and uh, if you look at the, the, the journey from then to now, your, your experience uh, you know, helping entrepreneurs, do you, do you think we, we're getting there? Do you think that, that more entrepreneurs in South Africa are kind of waking up to the power of small business, more South Africans in general? Um, I would say I've got a bit of mixed feelings. Um, I think people want to be an entrepreneur and they want to have a small business. But if you're coming from corporate or you may be coming from a lot of security, it's very difficult to do that. And I think people underestimate what it takes to, to do that and to build that. Um, but after a couple of years, people get used to what it takes to actually do that. Um, and the mindset change a bit. But it's, it's a very difficult journey. But I do think that just the global phenomenon is to, to get more into creating your own thing. And, and, so, and so today, what, what is it that you do today? Geez, Warren, so at the beginning of 2020, I had this grand vision that I'm going to take a sabbatical at the end of March. And I had all these amazing trips booked to Mexico and Miami and retreats in Asia. And then when the end of March came, the entire world took a sabbatical with me. And now we're all sitting at home. So, so I really wanted to scale down at the end of last year, uh, beginning of this year, to, to enable this. Um, so I exited everything, and I'm I'm currently just involved with Bean Counter, and as well as a new tech startup that I've just invested in. Can you tell me a bit more about uh, Bean Counter? Yeah, so Bean Counter is an accounting firm that I started uh, way back when I finished my articles, um, and then about four years ago we sold it to Transaction Capital, which is a listed company. Two years after that, I bought it back. Um, and, and currently we're just servicing small businesses and we're providing outsource accounting to small businesses. Um, it's a service that they really need. Uh, business owners need to know what's happening in their business, but they can't always afford um, a top um, qualified CA um, or proper accountant to do that. So they can outsource that function to us at a fraction of the cost. So we save them a lot of money and generally we provide a much better service. And, uh, and, and in an environment like this, is, that, is a lot of that's, that done online? Is that something that they, you know, they're, they're sitting with you or is that something they're uploading documents? How, how does it work? Yeah, so we're definitely embracing a lot of technology. So it's a pretty seamless process and we try and do everything online as far as possible and as, as far as it accommodates the client. But yeah, in a perfect world, we get them to scan all the invoices to us. We automatically process it. And at the end of the month, we give them very accurate financial reports and we make sure that they stay out of jail from SARS's side but still save them uh, the maximum amount of tax.
Fantastic. And, and, and I think it's one of those things when you talk to entrepreneurs, uh, in, in, typically, and not, not all of them, of course, they're, they're not great on the, on the admin. They're, they're much better on you know, running the business than, the, than the, the business of administration. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's sometimes a problem with really small uh, business owners because um, in a certain way, we as South Africans, we love to DIY, but we don't always realize the opportunity cost that's involved with that. So, um, so outsource it to the people who knows best, pay them a fraction of the cost, and you can use that time to, to generate more, more business. How do people find you if they need that? I uh, can simply head over to the beancounter.co.za. Uh, we've got fixed pricing, so everything is up there. And then you can compare that to what you're currently paying or just the benefit that you will have of not doing it yourself. And, and you know, if, if, if they hear it from Honest Money, I assume you're going to give them a great deal. Of course, of course. Just put in Warren Ingram in the <laughs> coupon code. <laughs> no, for sure. But it's about, um, I think it's always about saving, saving businesses money. So definitely the fact that it's on honest money, it's about that. Uh, but also I think there's so many ways that you can save money through accounting. So you can pay less tax, but it can also free up your own time or you can cut costs. And I think in a time like Corona, everyone is trying to see how they can cut costs. So we're not saying to go and retrench your people, but rather use your people in a much more productive way. So, so for, a, for an entrepreneur coming out of, uh, out of the corona environment, uh, if you could give them one, one piece of advice, what would that be now? I think it's really about planning at the moment. So there's so much uncertainty and we don't know what's going to happen. But I, I really think you can't just naively close your eyes and, and hope for the best or hope that government is going to do something for you. I really think that people need to plan now. And you got to do that with information. So you got to take the financial information that, that, you've, that you've got and, and you got to plan for the worst case scenario or best case scenario, but you definitely got to have a plan. And what I'm seeing with so many small businesses, uh, owners, they're really just closing their eyes and hoping that it will blow over. And I think it's, it's, it's not the right approach right now. Uh, I think the reaction, uh, you know, talking to, to South Africans, we usually go one of two ways. We either get too positive or too pessimistic. Uh, and, and in a time like this, it's very easy to become incredibly pessimistic. And I feel, uh, you know, you're right. Pl- planning is, a, is the right thing to do. But at the same time, plan for how, how we grow out of this, you know, how we, how we thrive out of this. Because I don't think there, that it's only destruction. I don't believe mm. that, uh, you know, that we come out of this just worse in every aspect everywhere. I think people who do nothing will, will come out of this worse. But, but I suspect there are a lot of people already who are thriving in, in this environment and looking for opportunities to, to, to take care of, uh, you know, the new needs that will come out of a post-COVID world. Yeah, for sure. So we've renamed all our survival plans to thrival plans. And I hope that's something that will soon trend, thrival. Thrival. <laughs> so, uh, so, so it's interesting with you with your background, but, you know, both from an academic point of view in the accounting world and then, and then in, the, in, the, in the business world, uh, how, how do you manage your, your own finances? How do you, do you put everything into business? Do you invest everything? Do you go on the balance? Uh, is it yeah. a, mat- a rather big mattress? <laughs> so um, I think as an accountant, I'm very risk averse, but, um, but as an entrepreneur, I like to take risks. So I always believe that you can definitely create a lot of calculated or you can take calculated risk. So I like to do that. And then when it comes to my own money, I'm debt free. And um, I've, I've had a balance of that in my life where in my early twenties, I really didn't spend a lot. Um, I, 
just reinvested everything into business. Um, but I also, I, f- I felt like you, you also can't be frugal with, with, with money when you're an entrepreneur. I understand when you, when you're an employee and you really got to save. But I always found that this balance between spending and hanging out at the right places and versus not taking on a lot of debt is, is super important. Um, I don't see a benefit of trying to cut back on cappuccinos in your 20 just because you want to you wanna spend less. Um, so I think it's, it's that balance. And then today I realized that I'm not such a great trader as I thought I was. So I've lost a lot of money on, on, on CFDs in the past um, through, through doing a lot of stupid stuff. So today I take a little bit of a more um, risk-averse approach to investing. So what's your, big, uh, what's your one big sort of financial weakness? Mm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I've stopped this now because I've deleted all the, all the apps off my phone so that I can't make a stupid decision in the moment. Uh, but I think that's, it's, it's almost greed versus gamble where something is happening and you know something and you just want to take a bet that's completely out of line with your own risk appetite. Um, it's all the stuff that you say every day, Warren, on podcasts, the stuff that you guys write about, all the stuff that you say you shouldn't do. Then you listen to it from the age of 20 and then you completely ignore it until you learn the really hard lessons. And then you, then you back off and you start doing what the experts told you to do. 100%. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, and I think it's funny because it's, it's often the, the people that are supposed to be the experts that make the biggest mistakes. And then uh, th- th- that's how they become great teachers because they've had the hardest lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's probably just finding that balance between greed and, yeah, just clever, and clever, being clever with your cash. And I think it's interesting, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've found the same experience. When you talk to entrepreneurs especially, they, they get the greatest uh, return on their capital from themselves, you know, from the effort they put into their businesses with the money that they've got. Uh, and so it's interesting to watch them. You know, I don't generally meet entrepreneurs until, until later in their business lives. They've kind of they've gone through the, 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 um, the sweating times and have gotten hopefully to the thriving times. And then at some point they start to say, well, you know, it's maybe time to take some profits off the table. And, and it's amazing having conversations with them then because typically mm. they're looking at it and they're saying, you know, but, but I can always do better in my business. And, and so, you know, for an entrepreneur, I think it's that, that question of risk and, and, and return. Now. You know, the, the returns yeah. are always there if you're willing to take the risk. But sometimes it's actually not about return anymore. It's about de-risking away from your business, you know, building up a safety net so that you can take care of families or whatever the deal is, and then keep going on the business. You know, I don't think it's an either or. You know, in sure. the early days, I think it's, it's an only, right? There is no choice. It's your business and it's everything. But yeah. there is a time. And it's the one thing, you know, if I was talking to entrepreneurs, that I'd always be saying to them is, there is no greater return than you. You know, there is no greater asset than yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's, that's absolutely true and to a point. And, and then yeah. a, a potentially at a point, you become a threat to your, your, your family's future because you, you keep wanting to grow and to build and, and it's great, but you've got to de-risk at some point and, and, and set aside the rainy day money and the, the boring money and then carry on with the exciting stuff of being an entrepreneur. For sure, for sure. I think there are so many similarities between your world being investments and my world being entrepreneurship because I think uh, two things that stand out for me, also what you just referred to is one, is that you gotta um, you got you, you gotta be risk averse, right? 
And I'm sure you've seen so many people and I've seen so many people who came out of um, 20, 30 years of corporate work, took all their pension and invested it in a business. And then it completely went pear-shaped. And I think on your side, you've probably seen the same where people have thrown good money into bad investments and have lost everything at a, at a late, late age. And then I think the second thing, I was um, lying in bed last night and I was listening to Warren Buffett's um, talking over the, over the weekend. And the one thing that he said and always says is that you got to play the long game, right? And I think the, the, the people in entrepreneurship are not patient. You want this quick fix, quick success in a short space of time. And I think it's no different in, in investing. You, you got to play the long, long game. So I think regardless of whether it's investing or entrepreneurship, it's probably just the psyche of humans that we just want so much as quickly as possible. And I think often, um, you know, the secret to success is sometimes just being around. You know, it's just, it's just getting up and, 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 and getting, to, you know, getting to do the job again and day after day after day. And, and somewhere along the line, the success arrives, not because, uh, not, not because of luck, but because of sheer determination sometimes. And I always think both in the investment world, maybe in, in, in the entrepreneurship world, sometimes people give up too early. Sometimes people, mm. you know, they just don't take that extra hard step that, that actually was required to, to make it work. And, you know, they lose faith in themselves or their business or their idea. Uh, and, and I feel, you know, that's probably, you know, if you're using a sporting analogy, you can't score 100 in, 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 in six balls. You know, you've got to score 100 with hundreds of balls. And that's the same with, with investing. You know, it takes hundreds of days of, of sheer perseverance. And I imagine the same in entrepreneurship. For sure, for sure. But we know this, but we don't like doing it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say thank goodness, but, but, but thank goodness that, that there is access to information where people can hear it again and again and again, and hopefully it lands one day. Do you, do you think there's a change, though? Do you think, I always wonder about this. So, um, like, I'm a little bit interested in investing, but I always hear that when there's a crash, don't panic, don't sell. And then I wonder do people get better with that over time or is it just still the same thing? Like when the crash happened now that people all also just sell or do you think that that education actually comes through where people are actually listening to this? I, I think there's two parts to it. So, so one is the, the, the education aspect lands on people that, that, that are psychologically uh, in the space to hear it. So, so in other words, uh, I mean, part of our tolerance for risk is hardwired. It, it is psychological. And so no matter how educated you are, how financially sophisticated you are, if psychologically you don't have the tolerance for risk, then you will only be a fair weather investor. You will only be okay to be invested with things that you don't control when the markets are going up. And the moment that markets turn, you'll become uncomfortable. And when markets fall, uh, you will sell. And, and that's a hardwired response. So, so for, for people in that space, I don't think education helps at all. Uh, they, they, um, they, they should often actually outsource it to someone else. You know, so, so often if you look at sport, you know, if you're running, you need a running partner to keep you accountable. Uh, and, and I'd say the same with investment. So investing as in, a, in a kind of a, a life partnership makes sense there. But uh, for people who have the emotional fortitude or the psychological tolerance, you know, sometimes it's a sheer lack of knowledge, a sheer lack of access to information. And for them, the repeated information that, that, that goes out in, you know, in whatever form lands and, and they take it and, and they deal with it well. So I think, you know, we're probably talking to psychologically a third of the world's population can do this well, can actually get through the crashes well uh, without reacting too badly. Unfortunately, that third 
they are they're often uh, um, not, not quite psychopaths, but but but, but they they you know they, if you look at Warren Buffett, I don't think he was the easiest dad to have because you know he got the <laughs> logical makeup of a computer, I guess. Um, <laughs> But but, uh, but but it's interesting. I think the you know education doesn't relate to risk tolerance. The, the two unfortunately mm. are not um, not not the same. So mm. so that's why you find. Uh, I mean, you'll find that I think a lot of entrepreneurs they they're absolutely willing to take risk when they're in control. Uh, but but the moment it's out of their control, and even if it was just putting money in a bank account or putting it in an exchange traded fund, it's not something they can control, and they hate that. So so they have sure. no risk. Okay, and it's going to be a dumb question because is that why the market didn't drop? No one was greedy this time. No, no, the market, uh, the, <laughs> the market collapsed. I think, but uh, but what we'll find is that that people were were quick to bounce. Uh, so so pe- more people were looking for opportunities after the first big crash, uh, and and so it started to rise. And then I think what happened is, uh, which is the other side of this, is that that some people became greedy looking for the opportunity. Uh, what they haven't calculated is the opportunity. Uh, will present itself again and again in the next few days, mm. weeks, months, mm. because I think mm. the, the the markets don't understand yet how deep the crisis is economically around the world, uh, and and sure. when we see unemployment escalating uh, and companies in the states falling over to some extent, uh, th- that's when the real opportunities will be there. And I think if you've heard Warren Buffett, you would have heard him say he's not deploying cash yet, you know, because he knows yeah. the opportunities aren't there, uh, but there will be. So, so Magnus, I'm, I'm looking at our, our time. We're running out, and um, it, it feels like it's 30 seconds already, but it's not. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, what's the one thing that you, that, that you would tell yourself if you, if you were to meet the 20-year-old version of yourself now? I'm very happy with, uh, with my entrepreneurial career and what I've invested in that and, and the businesses. And it's always, um, I think it's difficult looking back because you've, you've learned so many lessons and you wouldn't be here if you didn't go through that. Um, so I'm very happy with entrepreneurial career. I would say that I definitely had to focus on on one thing at a time. I think focus focus is key. And with regards to money and investments, um, like I said, I've paid high prices for for CFDs and taking stupid uh, trading moves. Um, so I definitely wouldn't have done that. Um, but yeah, I'm also happy that I did because I learned through that. Fantastic. Well, it, it's been brilliant having you on the show. I really appreciate your, your, your time and, th- and thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, Warren. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.